0: Talking Bay ninety four, the Star Wars podcast, devoted to interviews with the cast, crew, and creators of a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Brandon Winerdy, and today I'm live at Madness Comics in Plano, Texas, talking to Angus McKinnis, who played Dutch Vander in Star Wars Episode four, A New Hope. You might know him better as Gold Leader. It is really an honor to say that this is Talking Bay ninety four, Episode forty nine, Angus McKinnis. All right, today on Talking Bay 94, we are joined by Gold leader himself, Mr. Angus McInnis. Thank you so much for, for taking the time with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, it's great. Before we dive into Star Wars, yeah. your first acting role, mm. Rollerball. Yeah. And yeah. what I want to know really was just, what was it like on that set and learning from Norman? And like, uh, that must have been crazy.
1: Well, you said, you said the key word was learning. And um, I used, as my first film, I was not working a lot. I had a very, very, very small role. Um, in fact, I used to refer to myself as the blue blur in the background. Uh. <laughs> and um, so I would made sure that I was on set all the time. And so because I had Norman Jewison and right. James Conant and one of the best lighting cameramen in the business, and I thought I'm just going to sit here and watch and see what goes on. I didn't understand film. Right. And uh, I didn't understand the acting side of it, how, how you approached roles and how you did things. And uh, I talked to an actor called Moses Gunn, who was also working on the pictures, a very well-known yeah. American actor in New York at the time. and done a lot of stage work. Right. And I said, what's the difference between working in front of a film and working on you know, a stage, and he said, he said, there's no difference, man, it's just technique. And I, it took me a while to figure that out, and I understood what he meant. And But I sat there and used it as a school. I used it like a theater school. I thought, well, I've got an opportunity to sit here with all these hardball players, and I'm going to w- sit there and watch and learn. And I used it literally for that. I used it as a, as a school. And I would, I would go up to the crew members, and I'd say, hey, why are we doing this? How come we're using this yeah. lens? What's this... What's the difference between a twenty-eight millimeter and a thirty-five millimeter lens? You know, what's going on here? And if you ask these guys questions, they're a wealth of information. Right. And they would just sit there and they'd say, well, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that, you're gonna do this. And I also learned or relearned my respect for technicians yeah. because technicians are the ones that keep the wheels on. Right. You know, a lot of people think that people just show up and do some acting, but I mean that's got d- nothing to do with it. We do ten percent of the work the technicians do the 90% of the work. They're the ones that are out there all day long working and while we're sitting back playing cards or something, waiting to go on and do our five minutes and this, These guys have been working already for hours. And that, that's, you know, it's breathtaking sometimes. I worked in really odd situations and really difficult ones, and I keep thinking, why we can't moan about how... You know how tough it is for us because right. these guys out here in the rain or whatever in the snow all day long and we, and we do 10 minutes in front of the camera and then we they bu- bundle us back to a, a warm you know trailer and we sit there and go oh god it's terrible isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so you got to love the, the, the technicians oh, yeah. and then if you give them the time and you ask them the questions they appreciate that and they'll help you yeah I've known actors who haven't done that and have been rude to them, and that's really, really dangerous. Right. Because you can wind up out of shot, you can wind up a little blurry in the background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, your next role, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, what was the process like of getting brought on to that picture? Because I know there was a lot of Canadian actors in London that were being auditioned. I think we've talked to Garrick Hagan and Anthony Forrest. Like There was yeah, this kind yeah. of this tradition of Star Wars.
1: Well, I mean, because Canadians were always in London, They, uh, a lot of Canadian actors gravitate to London, do a couple of years there, they want to get some experience. And they then go home, and they've got this sort of cachet, which is nice. Right. So at that time in the mid 70s there was quite a few canadians and all quite a few american actors and when the casting call went out to all the agents they were basically looking for young American actors so <laughs> virtually all of us got a job I mean, come on you know we all showed up everybody walked in and we were all walking into the same waiting room right. and every time somebody walked in they just stop and go oh you guys are all here too <laughs> it was like hi how you doing Jim how you doing yeah. what's going on Richard <laughs> nice to see you again and so everybody sort of trooped in one at a time and, right. and we met George and we didn't know who this guy was this skinny kid you know he was like bearded with weird hair and mirror we were like, wow he's really off the wall and so we just had a chat with him and then we went away and all of a sudden they <laughs> were all working on the same movie <laughs> all, all doing the same stuff and having a brilliant time I mean, yeah. it was a good laugh I mean guys like Garrick did and they did a lot of work right. um, I was unfortunately just a pilot and they shot me down <laughs> but so my my lifespan of the film was you know truncated to a few days rather than a few months, but uh, it was just a joy to do it because you could feel that if you had any sympathy for science fiction, which I did um, and still have, I, I have an abiding love of science fiction. I love the imagination that goes on. And to see that at work is And the way George was bringing it, you could feel the texture of this. It wasn't like so much science fiction had been done up until that point. It was everything was clean. Everybody wore nice outfits. They all looked like they just stepped out of the box. And Star Wars brought a dimension to it where there was dirt involved. There was gritty. It was like, God, this stuff's been around the block, you know? Wow. And that was exciting. For me, it was really exciting. I think this is so cool. It was really good.
0: Well, uh, the shooting condition itself, right, uh, especially the cockpit mm. scenes, yeah. right, where they just built a cockpit, kind of moving yeah.
1: around. Th- there was the cockpit. Right. <laughs> and so
0: for X-Wings and for Y-Wings and for yeah. whatever, it was the same. Yeah. What was the process for you having to get into that character then with really a pretty limited, you know, exposure and a pretty limited way of, of dealing with that environment? We, uh,
1: yeah, I suppose that's when... You let that child out of you, and and just let your imagination go, and I used the sort of World War II pilots, I mean, I think a lot of the guys did, you know, the Battle of Britain people, they they were, you know, the way those guys were flying, and so you use those people as a reference, and say, well, what is it like in a dogfight? Well, the physics notwithstanding, because we can't get into the physics of dogfights in space, because it probably doesn't work the same way, but... It was set up very much like that, and so it, it was interesting to get to get into that mindset and to say to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm going into this. This is going to be really horrible, right. and then you put yourself into that mindset, and away you go, and just let it run and trust your instincts.
0: And then it turns out. Then and it turns method? out.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody says, I get asked that question so many times, you know, did you know it was going to be such a big hit? Well, of course not. Right. Nobody knew it was going to be a big hit, and the people that say they did, there's no profits in this business. I've met so many people who said, oh, this movie's going to be such a hit and it's a turkey. And then a little sleeper comes along, and you do a a day on it or two days on it, and bam, the thing goes through the roof, and you think, what happened? Uh, Well, it's, It's like baking cakes, you know, it's like you get the ingredients right and you do it right, but if you get one thing wrong, it falls on the floor. But if you get it right, then it's a beauty. Right. And then the icing comes, and it's nice.
0: <laughs> so you worked with George Lucas at the beginning of his career. You worked yeah. with Stanley Kubrick near the end of his career. You worked with Guillermo del Toro. Where were all these directors like, like on their sets, and anything that you kind of took from them, and you've learned a lot from your sets, like anything that you look back now and.
1: I mean, well, that's again part of the learning process right. is just watching the directors, and I remember watching uh, there's a story from when I was, we were shooting Witness uh-huh. with with uh, Peter Weir, the Australian director <clears throat> and Harrison Ford. So, I mean, I had, I, we had to kill somebody at the beginning. Right. Danny Glover and I were the two bad cops and so we go in there and we you kill this guy in a toilet, and it's really disgusting. And I had already done a film in which I had killed somebody with a knife. Uh-huh. I did a, a film with a French director called Louis Malle, and uh, called a film called Atlantic City with uh, Bert Lancaster and Susan Sarandon. Having killed somebody with a knife once in a movie, and then they ask you to do it again, you think, "Oh God, what am I going to do?" And I watched Peter Weir on the set, and and. I came onto the set that the morning of shooting, and I had been I had a sleepless night. I couldn't figure out any angle on this, and I, and he did something that eventually turned out what we used in the film that just struck me cold because I thought it was so nasty and so vicious, and yet it made the the, the knife killing absolutely central to what what followed on in the film, mm-hmm. and it's those moments of insight when people have got such clear vision. It's, it's wonderful to, to, to be with them like yeah. that. It's wonderful to work with somebody who's who's got that kind of energy and that kind of clear thought. Good vision, and it's, and it's exciting to work with. Yeah, them. you've worked with a lot, a lot of I have been really, 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 really fortunate in yeah. having worked with some absolutely amazing directors and on some really wonderful projects. Right. I mean, that's been... I mean I don't know whether I'm just lucky or I mean I do like to sound. maybe sometimes I think maybe I'm half good at what I do but I mean it's just worked out to leave me with experiences that that I just treasure so much yeah. I mean I was terrified of working with Kubrick right. because I'd heard that he's really oh, hard on actors yeah. and he was the nicest guy really? in the world he was this little little teddy bear and he was he came up to me and he said he said to me, "He said, uh, let's run the lines." So we run the we ran the lines. I started doing the lines, and he said, "What script are you working from?" And I said, "The one you guys gave me." And he said, and he reached into his pocket. He has anorak on. And he said, scruffy little man you know it's like and he rummaged in this box and he pulled out a piece of rumpled paper and he sort of opened it up and he went is it this one and I said no that's not the one he says well that's what we're, we're, we're doing today and I said oh okay can you give me 10 minutes <laughs> so I went off and he said yeah I'll go off again so I came back and I, it was just a few lines yeah. but it was enough but he was just very nice about it, and yeah. he was just very relaxed, and it was like, oh you know, okay, let's okay, let's change things. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And that's so exciting when right. you're working with somebody, and they just say, well, that's one of the reasons I love film, is because stage work is great and it's great art form, and I loved the works that I, the work I've done in, on stage. But film puts weird demands on you, and suddenly somebody says, oh, we're not working from that script. We're going to work on this one. Here's t- today. These here's the new lines. You got 10 minutes. And that puts you under the gun, but it's also demands that you dig real deep real quick. And then that's, you know, it's a frisson that, you know, it's like a chill goes up your spine. It's terrifying at times, but when you pull it off, you feel so, you feel like you've really accomplished something. You really,
0: um, yeah. Uh, final question, okay. which is my favorite, literally like of all the Star Wars movies and of all these moments, especially for the new Disney movies, the one that has elicited the most emotional response from me, Was the red leader, gold leader cameo in Rogue One? Just I just was blown away. Like I, I, we were literally in the theater, and I just like fist pumped. It was the coolest. (laughs) What was it like? Like, did you get a call? Because I know you had to re-record some dialogue and like.
1: Yeah, I I was. um, I got an email from a friend of mine, Uh and she wrote me this, and she said, "You're going to get an email from someone you don't know." And in full cap, she wrote, you must answer this email. <laughs> <laughs> so a few days later, this email, this mysterious email showed up. and said, well, we'd like to talk to you about it. So I thought, fine. So I, and then we established the link right then. And then I just did, the, I went and did it to a local sound studio. And they kicked things up from San Francisco. And so I, they had the footage up. And I did the voiceover again. I revoiced it. And oddly enough, my voice hasn't substantially changed in 40 years, which was nice. But where they put it in the movie kicked me to death because I didn't know where it was. I just knew I did this. Okay, I got to go and we got to go. So we went to the premiere in London because I live in the United Kingdom. And... We were sitting there watching it, and I thought, oh, God, it's going to be so awful. If, if it shows up someplace really awful, I'm going to be like, oh. And it's, where it came, I was like, yeah, that's so cool. Would, it's like kick oh, it's so cool. Again, I was just freaked out. And then, it, I mean, it looked
0: so cool where it's just almost seamless, like you guys are right back into it. It wasn't it nice.
1: That was just technology makes me crazy. Right. I mean, it really does. Because I'm an old guy, so, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't raised with this stuff. I mean, a lot of the young people, they, you know, they they know the magic and they expect it which is why marvel is the marvel franchises are so huge because you know, these guys are spitting the CGI stuff out, and it's like, it's still new to me. I mean, I sit there and go, how'd do they do that? And, you know, <laughs> but where they put that and the way they did it, and I just went, oh, dude, this is so good. It was wonderful. <laughs> That's, uh, it was a stroke of absolute brilliance. Absolute brilliance. And I just, I'm, I'm absolutely very, I'm really pleased about it, obviously. I'm so glad. Obviously. I'm
0: so glad. Well, Mr. McKinnis, thank you so much uh, oh, for taking great. the time. This was great.
1: Okay, thank you. Good one.
0: Thank you again to Mr. McInnes for his time and fascinating stories. A true delight to talk to. And, as is most often the case with our live interviews, a huge thank you to Zach McInnes and Galactic Productions for coordinating this. Go to galacticproductionsevents.com to check out when Mr. McInnes will be coming to a town near you. Next week is our 50th episode, featuring my incredible conversation with the equally incredible Phil Tippett. I can't believe it either, so until then, stay tuned, to a 5 star review, and may the force be with you.